God bless you. I want to go right into the word uh, tonight uh, that uh, we might uh, receive the full benefit of what the Lord has to say. Hallelujah. And again, I greet each of you. I want to speak tonight from the topic, the weight of waiting, the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, of waiting, W-A-I-T-I-N-G. I want to drop anchor around James chapter 1, verse 4. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we addressed this matter of patience in verse 3. Let's look at number 4, James 1, verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The weight of waiting. I know we wish we could rush into the test, the biopsy, the CT scan, uh, through the procedure, and before we redress, have the results. I know we wanted the election results to be tallied in full by 12 midnight on the West Coast. And how about that interview you felt went well, but uh, you on pins and needles because you haven't gotten a response. I know in our prayer life, before we get up off our knees, we want evidence of answers. It doesn't work that way. The waiting can drive you nuts. Of course, it's not like that always with every situation. Just the scary ones, just the frightening ones, just the ones with stuff that has possible unpleasant consequences between promise and performance, between decree and delivery, between the testing and the telling, between the moment and the manifestation. Manifestation, that between time can feel like a weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, on your shoulders because of what it does. It presses. It creates a sluggishness. It fosters discomfort. And sometimes it's painful. And that's when we feel weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. How do we define weight? It's the feeling of uncertainty, uneasiness, and anxiety that's created by not knowing the outcome. What does the weight do if we're not careful? The weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, will turn into worry. And worry, you know, saints, is a sin because it declares I'm giving in to a direction that's pulling me away from God. So, indeed, 
there is this matter of the weight of waiting. Is it your faith under attack? Are you being tested? Or is it just an episode of human life happening? Child of God, hear me good tonight. No weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, is supposed to lead us into disobedience to divine direction and revelation. Oh, how easy it is to say God has spoken it, the word has declared it, that settles it, I believe it. Then comes the hard part, waiting for the answer, W-A-I-T-I-N-G. Who has had a thought of doubt? Who in here has ever experienced a what-if moment? The Hebrew writer says it's both sin and weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, that easily beset us in the race. It's like this. We see the effects of sickness. We hear the cries of those in disaster. We look at the evidence of decay and disease. We read the reports and we browse the Internet. All that information is being processed and registered in our thought life. A matter may never be our reality, but it's registered. Don't you wish it was as easy as saying, I just won't claim it. But the truth of the matter is, life has a way of delivering packages and dropping off partials at our door that we didn't even order. All the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, when we find ourselves having to pick them up. So let's do a little Q&A tonight about the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, of waiting. Question one, can, can we believe God and have a moment of unbelief or question at the same time, yes, indeed, all believers have their moment. Didn't it happen to the Father in Mark nine twenty four? He brought his son to the disciples. They could not cast out the demon. So he went to Jesus, and Jesus asked the Father, do you believe? The Father's answer, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Oops, there it is. We can be ever so strong and stable and spiritual in one area or several areas of our faith walk. 
and yet at the same time have that one that is not as developed as the others. It still needs work on it. I want to encourage you tonight. Don't beat up on yourself. Just acknowledge it when you are aware of it. And take it to the word as you do those other areas you are strong in. Get from the word some strength to forge forward. So the answer is yes. You can believe God and at the same time have a moment of unbelief or question at the same time. Question number two, why does it feel like a weight, a heaviness, a tug in your spirit when those kind of thoughts start bouncing around in your head? I'm glad you asked tonight because I want to answer. It's the battle for your mind. Your mind is a battleground. Romans 7, 23 and 22 help us out. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. That's why it feels like a heaviness. There's a war going on. It's on the inside and it's in your head. It's in your thoughts. Can I tell you, it's not the will of God that your spirit person be worn down and defeated. But on the contrary, it's the will of God that you speak and walk from your spirit, regardless of what you hear, what you see, what you read, or what you are told. Philippians 4, 8 and 9 might give you some help, where Paul says, whatsoever things are lovely, pure, just, of a good report, think on these things. So the quicker you dismiss those thoughts that don't line up with what God has said, the better you'll feel. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare, spiritual thoughts being one, are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. What if I don't get better? What if the report comes back? positive, casting down imaginations, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience 
of Christ. Listen, if you don't conquer worry and fear, worry and fear will conquer you. You are a faith fighter. We are faith warriors. You wouldn't need the whole arm of God if there was not going to be a, a battle. And Satan's out to conquer and control our emotions and our thoughts and tell us things that God ain't said. Don't let that old rascal do it. Hallelujah. So that's why it feels like a heaviness. All those thoughts bouncing around in your head. Bring them into captivity by putting the word of God on top of them. Hallelujah. Question number three. When we drift in our thoughts concerning the Lord's care and love and promises, does that mean we don't really trust and love God? I'm glad you asked because the Spirit gave me an answer. Read about Asaph in Psalm 73. He admits, whew, I had some thoughts I know we're not of faith and trust, but I praise God that I did not speak them. What I thought, I did not talk. They came up in his head, but they didn't come out of his mouth. This is helping someone tonight. Because there are thoughts that come up in our head, but we can't let them come out of our mouth. Who in here has ever went to sleep after praying, saying, victory is mine, and then all night you dream of defeat, disappointment, and despair? But aren't you glad that the Lord wakes you up? And as quickly as you awaken, take authority over your thoughts, rush back to your faith, and declare what the Lord has said. Hallelujah. Because, my brothers and sisters, if we could control our thoughts, uh, there would be a whole lot of things that would never enter that realm. But be honest. Thoughts creep in. They must be kin to dreams. Because some of the stuff we dream, ooh-wee. But aren't you glad you wake up and realize, hallelujah, it was a nightmare. Hallelujah, it was a dream. Hallelujah. It wasn't real. Glory to God. It did not happen to me. I want to tell you, your faith is your wake up. And that's the praise in this lesson tonight. Keep waking up. When you drift, keep 
living in the daylight, even when your mind beyond your control is pulled into thoughts of the night season. Tell yourself, wake me up, God. Hallelujah. Question number four. What one example is there to let us know that we can grow under this weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, and not allow it to take us under? I'm glad you asked. I think I've got an answer. Matthew 26, 4. The angels strengthened Jesus in the garden. Why does Jesus need strengthening? He needs strength because he's having a weak moment. That's right. Even Jesus got weak. He says it right there in Matthew 26, 4. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. And then you read in John 13 that on the eve of betrayal, this this same night, Jesus, knowing all things, knowing his suffering, knowing the betrayal, knowing the death, knowing the rejection, not just of the people, but of his heavenly Father, though for a moment, knowing all of those things, guess what? It was a W-E-I-G-H-T on his humanness, on his humanity. But he has the best resource, heavenly ministry. Even when we are feeling the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, there's someone who's helping us to get through the moment. Seems like to me that a help me, Lord Jesus, is in order. Seems like to me that when the weight is pressing you down, A father I stretch my hand to thee is in order. Seems like when you find yourself drifting into doubt, a Lord have mercy is on the agenda. Those serious about building their chest muscles Never go into advanced intensive exercise alone. Bitch press with barbells requires a spotter. And this person stands at the head. He's not there to interfere with uh, the, the weight lifting. He is a just-in-case you need some help. The spotter will get under the barbells. He does not touch the presser. He touches the thing 
that's got the weight on it. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that the Holy Ghost is your spotter? Aren't you glad that God's got angels ready to dispatch at the minute he sees the weight too heavy for you to lift? So to build our faith, it takes time. To build our faith, it takes training. To build our faith, it takes trust. And to build our faith, it takes a spotter, and we got the right one. Hallelujah. So the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, in the weight team is really building our faith. James says it's the trying of the faith that produces muscles. Let patience have her perfect work, that we may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, that every need at the moment we need it most is right there because Jesus is still Lord. God is still running operation, and the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, is still the spotter. Who am I teaching this word for tonight? Could it be for me? Is it for you, my dear daughter, Ilya? Is it for you, Beverly? Is it, is it for you, James? Is it for you, Reverend Carmelita? Is it for you, Reverend Vincent Hardin? Is it for you, Edith? Is it for you, Deacon Charles? Is it for you, Sharon? Truth of the matter is, it's for any and all of us who have experienced or are experiencing a waiting season, W-A-I-T-I-N-G. The Lord told me to tell you tonight that the wait, W-E-I-G-H-T, will not take us under. Somebody needs to say thank you. As a matter of fact, if I was preaching this, I'd be whooping and hollering by now. I'd be saying, it's worth the wait, W-E-I-G-H-T, because it's worth the wait, W-A-I-T. We're getting stronger because of it. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. And thus is the word of faith I teach tonight. The weight of waiting. Amen. Amen. Glory to his name. 